Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Jonathan Kerr, an advisor with Lionfish Tech Advisors. And today I'm joined by Thomas Paul, Director of Product Marketing at Pentera. And we're here to discuss automated security validation and empowering pen testing teams. Thomas, welcome. Thank you for having me. Really excited to jump into our conversation. Excellent. Well, let's do that. I think the first thing and sort of set the scene is um, tell us how you see the pen testing landscape right now and how important is its place in an effective security strategy? Yeah, so I see the pen testing landscape a little bit differently. When I start talking to, to customers or, you know, connecting with anybody in the industry, a lot of times I'm hearing they are performing a pen test annually, maybe a little bit more frequently. And they're only testing a small percentage of the environment. And this is often due to cost, expertise. And when they are performing these, these assessments, these assessments are often done from rotational third-party providers, meaning they won't use the same uh, pen tester each year. And so you get variation of experience, consistency, uh, reporting. And so the the environment right now, a lot of times is it's forced as part of some sort of obligation. That obligation could be cyber insurance. It could be some other sort of compliance reason. But the organizations are not necessarily proactively going out and testing their tools and their security investments, the technology, the people, the process on a regular basis. And it's that regular basis, that consistent testing, just knowing that the environment is changing so much week to week, you know, onboarding employees, offboarding employees, you've got, you know, the dynamic changes associated to, you know, networking or even, you know, moving to the cloud and what does that migration look like and what are all of the new exposures that come through, you know, all of this change. And so I see the landscape today being, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's, it's actually, you know, giving the attackers this advantage. So, you know, in my opinion, pen testing needs to occur more frequently than it is. I think so. I mean, I think obviously you get the various compliance standards say must happen at least annually and after any significant application or infrastructure change. But of course, in the days where we're now in, um, you know, continuous integration, continuous development, applications are living things. They're really much in a constant state of evolution. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the life, you know, the uh, the half life of a pen test, I would say, is measurable in days. And the idea that you can do one and that's good for the year is um, aspirational at best. So I think it's very clear. And um, what you're saying is obviously that uh, testing and validating is really important. It gives us the evidence as to whether our architecture, our secure programming practices, everything that we've kind of done in the design phase, um, whether it's actually giving us the results that we need. I suppose to sort of go into this, I've always been curious about 
the companies who haven't tested as much as they should. Have you got any uh, encounter stories from those companies who uh, perhaps skipped a little bit on their testing? Yeah, so that's a great question. And as it relates to the even the type of testing that gets done, I think a lot of organizations, when they think about pen testing, they think in terms of black box, there's there a myth that an attacker or an adversary will not have a set of user credentials. And, and that is absolutely the wrong way to think about things because credentials are consistently getting stolen and popped. Great example, there was, it was an energy company that had been contacted by an authority stating that they saw on the dark web there was a, a hit out a credential hit out, meaning that you know potentially some adversary was going to pay for credentials into this environment. So it's fairly targeted. And long story short, they saw the transaction go down, and so it was you know this company was notified to be on high alert. Sure enough, they do see you know attempts for authentication occurring uh, from outside of you know outside of the the environment. And as they tracked that back, it turned out the user whose credentials were stolen and that, and those credentials should have never left that environment. Well, that user had logged into a personal Chrome profile on a work asset and saved the password in that Chrome profile. And that user was compromised at home and the credentials were extracted from the browser and then, and then sold off. And to say it's as simple as that. It is as simple as that. So in the in the terms of you know thinking about you know black box, I think more people today really should you know take that approach of testing and validating their users and the access that they that they have. And are they overly permissive users? Uh, because it's really about you know when, not if that attacker gets in the environment and understanding what critical or crown jewels are are potentially impacted. It's really interesting. Um, I remember, um, well, uh, a friend of mine is a security manager in one of the uh, the big cloud service companies um, says, yeah, um, any compromise of endpoint, because it always carries with it, yeah, theft of creds, it's a big deal for them. That's their, that's their five-bar fire alarm, as he puts it. I think one of the things that's interesting, I mean, I think we've established that pen testing is, first of all, it's important. Secondly, if you're not ten, pen testing frequently enough, and if you're not pen testing with the depth, rigor, and consistency required, then you are storing up trouble. As you say, you are creating a problem that is is going to come and bite you. So I'm curious about this concept that we've talked about, this idea of automated security validation. Tell us a little bit about that. How does automation and really implementing automated pen testing really working to empower human expertise? Yeah, it's time on target. So a human has only so many hours in a given day, week, month, year to dedicate to testing their environment. And what Pentera allows or automated security validation is this force multiplier because machines don't sleep. So being able to 
assess an environment 24-7 and then feed back the human with intelligence about what was found and what is the risk and the impact associated to it. So understanding what that attack chain looks like, you know, being able to progress the attack just beyond, you know, traditional vulnerability assessment, because it's possible to say, you know, find, you know, SMB V1, right? Well, that can lead to, you know, uh, collecting and cracking a password. And then if I see that, if I've sniffed those credentials and, and cracked that password, then I can progress an attack. And the human doesn't have to be in the loop. At the end, the human can just receive intelligence about what has happened and the impact associated to it. And it really makes them more effective as a pen tester, as that, uh, that in-house you know, security uh, team member and giving them the insights, allowing them to focus potentially on other activities and really enabling to be uh, you know, a highly effective member of that security environment. Okay, and of course, I guess there's this uh, debate in the um, in the pen testing community, you know, which where is the line between automated vulnerability scanning and automated pen testing? And I'm guessing, obviously, Pentera has some strong thoughts about that. Yes. So, automated vulnerability assessment is only going to tell you where you're vulnerable. It's not going to tell you what's exploitable. And further, even further than that, is is it truly exploitable? Meaning, okay, yeah, I see that there is a vulnerability, there is a known exploit associated to it, but have we already introduced an alternative mitigating control? Can I actually you know, exploit that? Pantera comes with the mindset of identifying what is exploitable and then attempting to exploit that. And it's done in a way that's safe for environments where our, our research team has essentially reverse engineered, you know, the exploit code and re-engineered it in a way that doesn't create any outages, no blue screens. I know these are, these are questions that come up all the time. I've heard some people refer to this as almost like a defanged or like you've, you know, a snake bite without the poison because it's still going to test the exploitability of a vulnerability and then from there show you uh, what that impact is. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, thank you. As you say, it's, uh, it's too easy when you do a simple, as you say, a vulnerability scan for a very busy dev or a busy ops manager, just say, you know, hey, that's a false positive. But let's say the pen test provides unarguable evidence of the, uh, of the problem. The, the other side of this is vulnerability management traditionally will just give you a list of your CVEs, right? Where the CVE is, you know, the, the highest priority. Well, that may not necessarily even be exploitable, but the list that people receive, there are thousands. And the question is, where do I spend my time remediating that will have the greatest impact for the, the overall security of the environment? And a lot of times that is not working top down from vulnerability assessment. It's working through what's truly exploitable, the true risk for the environment. 
and that's um, that. That I think is, as you say, is extremely valuable, and it does move us on to actually uh, when you talk about yeah, where's the pain? Um, of course, one of the biggest drivers um, of these of these tests, as we stated at the beginning, can be the compliance regimes, and it can include uh, GDPR, it can include CCA, uh, it can include. Obviously, HIPAA. It can include SOC too. There are there are a, a wealth of these compliance regimes, and I think the question is: when Pentera come in and you say, and the client says to you, "Well, we're under I don't know, let's say PCI DSS or under SOC two or whatever it may be," how does that shape your your workflow? How does that make? Sh- how do you make sure that you're moving your customers towards compliance success? Yeah. So a lot of times that human, right? Because we love, you know, the human aspect of this and we just make the human that qualified attestation uh, individual so much more enabled to go and perform a larger uh, assessment. I was recently working with a, a customer on a, on a PCI engagement where every year they test 10% of their environment and make the assumption that the other 90% fall in line. And, and so when you think about that, it'll be 10 years by the time they get through everything and think how much their environment will have changed across that 10 years, right? And so uh, this really becomes that force multiplier for that broader visibility. And a, and a lot of organizations are putting it in their mission statement that they are providing a more secure solution and product. And a lot of this comes through compliance and that proper testing, but it's it's the coverage as well. So simply saying, I'm testing 10% of my environment, I'm, t- I'm checking the box off. What we do is really enable them to test the greater environment and, and give a, a more complete reporting up to their GRC team. I like that. And again, I think the... Um I say that goes to what you're saying about how you're empowering human expertise, making it easy to report, making communication between yeah highly loaded, highly skilled technical resources and their um, compatriots in uh, yeah in GRC. I think is really important. And I think this has been a really useful insight. It's given us a view, I think, on how Pentera you know makes a tangible difference. I guess in closing, do you have any final words of advice for people who are saying, well, look, I really want to level up the security strategy of their organizations, be it um, a nonprofit, be it a government, federal, or, you know, whatever it may be. What would you what would you like to say to uh, your customers listening now? Yeah. So I think that, you know, there's a there's a lot of solutions out there that offer some protection. They are defensive and they may test like a vulnerability assessment, things like that. But the strategy that most organizations should be adopting now is testing the full technology investment they've made, testing the, the investment that they've made into people and process. And this isn't just about testing, does my EDR catch a particular scenario or a playbook? Right. It's, it's actually testing the, the entire process as far as lateral movement. Does the attack path actually exist? Can I get to critical data? Can I exfiltrate that data? Can I test my threat intel? Can I test my firewall? Can I test my NDR, my XDR? 
And then it's about testing the response from security operations. So understanding whether or not the alerts are showing up in the right place, do the integrations from the 40 plus tools that on average organizations have for defensive controls, are they all rolling up? Are they reporting efficiently? And then are the people acting on that? Or are they, you know, working through a sea of false positives from other types of detection tools? And then it's, I have my MDR who's supposed to come in and there's an SLA to meet, right? So it's really identifying where the, where the gap is across all of the, the security investments and the people and the processes to really drive, you know, that stronger security response. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I must admit to a little wry smile when you were talking about testing XDR. Hopefully part of that test will somebody will tell us actually what uh, XDR actually is and what it does for us. Okay, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all this wealth of expertise and advice with us. And to everyone listening, thank you as well. We hope you took a lot away from today's podcast for future information on what we've talked about. Then please head on over to pentera.io. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. Until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com. <laughs>